Today we have a sermon in two parts. After I reflect on the nature of chaos, Wendy will offer ideas for dealing with chaos. Wendy's on our worship weaving team of lay leaders, and over the last three weeks we've been talking, listening, brainstorming, and being quiet as we listened for the guidance of the Spirit of what to say this morning. Our message is that chaos is part of life, and one way to deal with it is to stay in the present moment, listening to the still, small voice within, and to look for ways to offer love in each present moment. Chaos shows up at the beginning of many things. In fact, in the ancient texts and mythological stories of many religions in the world. I will quote now from the Hebrew tradition in the story called Genesis. Now the earth was chaos and waste, darkness was on the surface of the deep, and a dark fog draped over the deep, while God's spirit wind hovered over the surface of the empty waters. So we have a picture here of chaos and then a spirit hovering over it. And the story continued then that things began to form. Let me offer another story. It is often called the Hindu tradition. That's kind of our Western way of naming it. This philosophy is Samkhya. And in this way of seeing the world, at the very, very beginning, before the beginning, there were particles swirling. And an energy, which is often called play, began to enliven these particles. And then they began to take form and move together. My friends, these ancient myths give us some hope. Chaos is part of the whole rise and fall, ebb and flow of life. Let us look for the spirit, not the rigidness. We can look for how the formless evolves to forming and then formed. We can hold space with chaos, without rigidity, and trust that things can reform. And I'm reminded of an exercise form called NIA. I'm curious how many people here have ever engaged in this exercise form called NIA. So I'm seeing about six hands. So like many exercise classes, there's an instructor up front, and there's songs during the class. And in most of the songs, the instructor says when to lift your arms and when to kick your legs. But there's one song in which the instructor is trying to give us exercise with chaos. So the instructor says, walk where you will. Stop when you want. Turn left or right as you please. Well, so in a room full of people, it could get kind of frustrating. There could be bumping into each other. Folks who are uncomfortable with formlessness might feel overwhelmed. 
So the instructor says, all right, newcomers, look for where there's an opening. Just step into wherever there is not another person. And after you've taken that step, take another step into where there's not another person. It works. People move around without bumping into each other. They are able to follow their spirit. It reminds me of what happens on a county fairgrounds when folks come together and are milling about, or what happens on the streets of a big city when people are going from one place to another and move around each other. So the lesson that I think we can take from that is that if one were to be rigid in that exercise class, one might endanger oneself by bumping into others. Or if one got overwhelmed and went to the edge of the chaos, one would miss out on the movement. Now, it is true that this kind of chaos I've described is chosen. The swirl and unpredictability of the Nia song, the city street, or the county fair are temporary and chosen. Another time that chaos is chosen is during productive times, such as house cleaning, when you take everything out, wipe it off, reorder, get rid of what you don't need, and put things back. Sometimes in life, though, we face chaos that is not of our choosing. I will offer a story about that. This story is a true story. It comes from a documentary that was nominated for an Academy Award. The name of the documentary is Heroin. And I'm also curious, how many folks have seen this documentary, Heroin? So that's none. Um, so the word heroin can refer to an illegal drug that is an opiate. It can also have an E on the end and refer to a female hero. So in this documentary, the filmmakers went to Huntington, West Virginia, because there the amount of people dying from illegal use of opioids is 10 times the national average. They used their cameras to follow the fire chief, the first female fire chief in West Virginia. They get in her truck and go on rides with her. They go to community meetings with her. They, they managed, I'm not quite sure how they managed to do this, they managed to take um, footage inside people's homes when they were doing responses, and I think that's because they blurred out the people's faces. The Huntington, West Virginia Fire Department gets about six calls a day to respond to overdoses in which a person has died or is near death. Many of these people are repeat users who are in a rehab program a rehabilitation program, and are relapsing. This fire chief shows up again and again because she believes in their power to overcome their addiction. A second woman in the documentary is a Christian woman who was originally motivated by a desire to take Christian literature to prostitutes on the street. When she went out, 
and met them, she discovered that what they really needed was a brown bag with food in it and a little bag with hygiene items and maybe a ride to the homeless shelter. Her goal is to build trust with them and to help them build trust in themselves. The third heroine in the film is a judge in the drug court. Drug court is a program which is designed to help people be structured in their lives so that they are able to overcome the addiction. They are given accountability to show up in certain places and certain times and repercussions for not doing that. They are encouraged to have an honest, open relationship with their parole officer and the judge so that they can be accountable to their personal goals and to their own children. At the end of the film, we see a graduation of people who have stayed clean as a result of the drug court. They have stayed clean for over a year. One of the men graduating had earlier been revived twice in one week by the fire chief. My friends, each of these women found themselves in chaos, not of their own choosing. Each of these women responded by taking one step at a time, staying in the present moment, responding with whatever they had. That is how they responded to the chaos of the opioid crisis in their town. But it goes on and on. They dig deep. They find resilience and strength to keep on going. And I'm imagining that you also can think of times in your life when you have had something that frays at your nerves and exhausts you. And it goes on and on. And maybe you start using coping mechanisms that don't really serve you. Perhaps you found yourself in unchosen chaos because of a complex illness, because of a tragedy in a marriage, because of a workplace turned upside down, a war, a refugee camp, a town visited by lethal racist attacks, or a church staff person attacked by a racist letter. For those of you who are newcomers here this morning, there was such a racist letter directed towards one of our church staff members two weeks ago. Here in our congregation, the presidents and the staff and other leaders have been doing their best to lead amid the chaos in the past two weeks. They wanted very badly to offer listening circles for people to share what they were feeling. A listening circle is a tool used in groups to allow people to process shock. It can be very effective at times like this. It is an opportunity to be heard and to hear, to let multiple truths be present, to hear those who process emotionally and those who process logically. But it needs skilled outside facilitators. And so plans are moving along one step at a time to put these listening circles in place. But they haven't happened yet. 
My friends, we did not choose this chaos, but we can let the Spirit guide us. We can look for the openings and let love carry us forward in the unknown, one step at a time. I invite you to let the message that I have offered sit with you while you hear the music, and then Wendy will continue this reflection. I want to thank Alex. Chaos is a great word. Chaos, a state of utter confusion. And we all know chaos. We're living through it. Whether it be listening to the news, at home, the office, politics at church. That sense that there is another surprise issue at hand. Something new and traumatic that seemingly came out of nowhere and yet grips us with fear, anger, and sadness, or any other strong emotion. This is the age we are living in now. The Trump era. Narcissist in charge of the bully pulpit can use gaslighting, Lies, manipulation, false stories, racism, sexism, and any other tool at hand to keep people in chaos. And chaos can be painful. There can be confusion, wondering who to believe or who to blame. Self-doubt. What if they are right? I didn't think that was true, but maybe it is. When people lie, manipulate, and cause chaos, it feels confusing and painful. And how do we take care of ourselves when there is so much chaos causing pain? Well, in our culture, we have a myriad ways of soothing ourselves, TV, video games, internet, alcohol, painkillers, opioids. But these things can cover over your authentic feelings. Vulnerability and shame researcher Brene Brown says, if you trade your authenticity for safety, you may experience anxiety, depression, eating disorders, addiction, rage, blame, resentment, inexplicable grief. And with persistent chaos, this can change us. We can start to form habits. These habits can turn into addictions. And there's a relationship between addiction and chaos. And there are some, like the narcissist, who thrive in chaos. But for the rest of us, we need to treat the symptoms while also understanding the root cause. The racist wants us to be disconnected. 
The narcissist wants us to be confused, compliant, controlled. So how do we resist? Listen to yourself and believe her. She will be your true north. Don't let anyone tell you that their feelings are more important than yours. Just listen to your inner voice. Chaos, racism, sexism, it's all meant to control and make you doubt yourself. Resist. Listen to yourself in that still, quiet place in your soul and believe it. Then the chaos around you is not also inside of you. It still affects you, but from the outside. Then figure out a way to change what is going on, reduce the chaos. Are there people making you feel hopeless? Making you feel smaller, inferior, immoral? Resist and do not believe them. Does someone make you feel crazy? Confused, invisible, do not believe them. Believe in yourself, that you belong and that you are worthy. Narcissists and chaos makers want you to relinquish your inner human. But it is your humanity that will save you. Going through chaos can at times be painful, but it is possible to come out the other side stronger, more resilient, confident, and wiser. So how do we hear that inner voice? Pause. Breathe. Listen. Stay aware of what you're feeling. Wade into the discomfort. Get curious about it. Ask, what is going on? What am I feeling? What's driving it? How am I responding? Resilience is more available to people curious about their own line of thinking and behaving. You're listening to your inner voice when you feel empowered, authentic, peaceful. You are listening to fear and doubt when you feel stagnant, unfulfilled, angry, resentful. 
Learn to distinguish your inner voice from the rest of the noise, our biases, our fears, our doubts, because a well-trained intuition is almost always right. As humans, we are keen observers of people, taking in all kinds of information, even if we don't consciously recognize what bits are relevant. And you can only find out if your intuition was right after the fact. But why not try it? Not trusting your instincts, stouting yourself, eroding your confidence, and subjecting you to the buffets of chaos and the chaos makers, unmoored an anchorless boat on stormy seas. With so much chaos in the news added on top of what we already experience in our lives, it may seem like chaos on top of uncertainty, on top of mayhem, and what is at stake is life itself. Confusion and self-doubt can bring us to our lowest points, moments we might not think we can survive. But perhaps it is also an opportunity to listen to our inner voice and become stronger more confident and resilient. How are we going to make it through this chaos? Listen to yourself and believe it. It's your true north. Pause. Breathe. Listen to your inner voice.